I'm going to continue the vein, and I'm going to talk about a name that has a little bit of oomph to it. Amen? That name is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord God, your banner. It's one of the names where Jesus is fighting for you and I. It's a name that we have to take serious because God is love, but he's also a God of justice, as Haley said. And God has sent his son who laid down his life for us to give us victory in every area of our lives. So we're going to begin in Exodus chapter 17, and we're going to read some scripture, about eight uh, scriptures. Hang on. And I'm really, really excited because we're going to get revelation from our heavenly father. It says, then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose men for us and go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow, I will station myself on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held his hands up that Israel prevailed. But when his hands were let down, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were extremely heavy. So they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. So his hands were steady until the sunset. And Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua that I will utterly wipe out the memory of Amalek under heaven. And Moses built an altar and named it, the Lord is my banner. And he said, because the Lord has sworn and the Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. Banner comes from the Greek word nice, which means something lifted up, a standard, a signal, or a signal pole. If we look at Jesus' life, wasn't he high and lifted? Jesus is Jehovah Nisi. Jesus is the standard of victory. So we have to fight. My first point is coming. I'm, I'm slumped. My first point's coming. Amen. It's a joke. My first point is this. Fight from a position of victory, not need. I'm going to say it again. We need to learn how to fight from a, a place of victory and not need. What do I mean? We're not waiting for Jesus to defeat Satan. He's already defeated him. We're not waiting for Jesus to rise up from the dead. He has already done that. So why, why do we as Christians, sons and daughters, wait for Jesus to defeat the enemy? He said on the cross, it is finished. So we have to fight from that perspective. I have a picture, and I didn't show it because I checked with other pastors. And Pastor Pat is at the marriage conference with his wife, Chandra. They're doing mighty things. Shout out to White Chocolate. He knows what that means. <laughs> but I have a picture of Jesus with all the stripes he took at Golgotha. 
And I couldn't show it because the kids here, but we need to look at victory from that perspective. Because someone laid their life down so he could be a victory in your life. You never come to God in a battle beggarly and begging God to do something. He already did it. And he gave the ultimate price, his life. Woo! Our victory was won when Jesus died. He shed his blood on the cross and was buried and rose again. Do you know that the enemy will always come to you when you're tired and weary? So let me give you some context. In an earlier chapter in 17, they were walking through the desert. They were hot. They were mad. They were thirsty. And they got on Moses' head. My, my friend. My, they said, give us some water. So Moses struck the rock and water came out. But at that moment, Amalek seemed them weary and tired and grumpy. Have you guys ever, maybe it's me, tried to do something in God when you're tired and weary? It seems like the enemy keeps coming at you. Can I get a show of hands? That's because he's not creative. He does the same thing over and over. So Amalek, that word, his name means valley dweller. Valley dweller. And the place where they were resting is called Rephidim. That means a place of rest. Whew. Don't you see that the enemy will always come when you're resting in God? He wants to challenge you to see if the banner of Jesus over your life, do you really believe him? Do you really trust him? Here, let me give you guys a little balance. How many of you guys love that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Raise your hand. Amen. That's the majority of the room. You are always going to have a fight. Jesus says in this world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have a fight coming against that standard. You're going to have a fight coming against that standard over your kids. And if we don't learn how to fight for our kids and fight for our schools and fight for our governments and fight under the banner of Jesus, Jehovah Nisi, then what are we doing? I'm sorry if you wanted me to say, hey, Jesus is really soft in love. And I'm trying to find the word to say right now. But Jesus is peace. And love, but he's also a man of war. He also went to hell and took the keys from the devil. He rose again and gave us authority over every part of the enemy. So pardon me if I get a little excited when he said, by my stripes, you are healed. Spirit, soul, body. Let me slow down. The drip. <laughs> so when the enemy attacks you, he's really not care about you. He cares about the standard in you. He cares about the banner over you. If I can get you a little bit off course so you don't see his face fully, I win. Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 4. He has brought me into his banquet hall 
And his banner over me is what? Love. His banner over you is love. His banner over my kids is love. His banner over me as an older man right now with the aches and pains and everything that the, the, the body says is love. That has nothing to do with resurrection power. Resurrection power in you will defeat everything outside of you. Are you getting something? So point number two, you have to follow the instructions that are given. I know this sounds difficult to do, but this is one of the key points in being a Christian. God has given us his word, instructions. If we live according to his word, we have what God gives us. So many times, even in my life, I will use me, I am looking for a way to go around what God has really said, and then I'm wondering why the power of God and nothing is happening. Am I following according to plan? Jehovah Nisi, who is our banner, proclaims complete victory in our lives, but we must be obedient to the instructions. Let's look at Exodus chapter 17, verses 9 and 10. So Moses said to Joshua, choose men for us and go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow, I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Verse 10 Joshua did as Moses told him. Joshua did as Moses told him. Your job in a war is to do your job. You can't be Pastor Pat. You're not called to be Pastor Pat. You need to do your job. If you do your job, then you hold that position of authority. We have too many people trying to be the chief one, trying to be the one that's seen. God is looking for your obedience. He is big enough to open any door in your lives. Oh, I know I'm preaching. I'm joking. But it's true. <laughs> and as a leader, Moses... Aaron and her went to the top of the hill. So as leaders in the church, we also have a responsibility to let our yes be yes and our no's no's. God is sick. I'm about to, I'm, I'm not picking on anyone. I believe God is sick and tired of leaders leaning on their position but not serving the body of Christ. This is all through our county. I'm making a declaration. I'm putting a banner down at the movement church that the leaders here will serve the people of God. That the people of God will be so together at the movement that we will be a sign and a wonder. What happens on the mountaintop determines the victory in the valley. I went ahead in my notes, <laughs> but it came up. It's true. If you don't see the leaders of this church serving, how are you going to follow Jesus? You've got to see it. And man, that's how God made it. 
He made it so men and women in leadership would serve the body. So those that are in leadership, we have to go together at the top of the hill. Amen? Are you getting something? Yeah. Praise God. Here's how I know. I have an example. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Famous scripture. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Instructions, obedience to the instructions. If you say this with your heart, you are now saved. That's how important instructions are. So obedience to instructions is not a hard thing. It's not. It's one of the most powerful things that you can do as a believer. So I, I, I've been in church a long time. I won't tell you how long, but I have. I've been serving God, I don't know, well over 40 years. And I love ushering. I used to usher so much, I used to get suited up and booted up. I'd be clean. I mean, I come in, my, my pants are creased, my suit is right, I'm always smelling good. I mean, I'm looking good, and I'm ready to greet folks. Well, I was in between jobs, and I had to usher one day. This is the God of protection. And I'm riding to the church because I didn't have a car, but I'm a man of God. I have to fulfill my obligation and my word. I'm going, I, I follow the light, and all of a sudden, I make a right turn, on Mission Avenue in Oceanside, and someone hits me at 35 miles an hour on the bike. Boom! I go flying up, and I land right on my tailbone. Bam! They get out. Oh, my God! Oh, my God, are you okay? I'm like, I'm good. I have to go usher. I'm looking at my bike. I'm not thinking about my body. I have to go usher. Do you know there was nothing bent, a rim bent, anything on that bike? I got back on the bike, rode to church, made it just in time to usher. I look back and go, Whew. he's a banner of victory. Guys, get under the banner. Get in Christ and under the banner, under grace. If we're under the banner, it brings togetherness, which I'm coming to my next point. We have to be obedient to God the way he said. Now, he will speak to this man of God, this woman of God right here, their family. He will speak a specific word to him. He will speak a specific word to me. It's your job to be obedient to your word. Stop worrying what's going on over there. That ain't none of your business. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? We're all, we're looky-loos. What's going on? What? What's going on over here? How about looking in the face of your, the one that's called you by name? How about looking and listening to his voice as he says, come up higher? How about listening to the word inside of you that I will never leave you or forsake you? You're going to be victorious. You're not going to fail. Woo. It brings me to point number three. We have to fight with the weapon of togetherness. Togetherness. I have a quote from Martin Luther King. Whew. He said, we must learn to live together as brothers and sisters 
or perish together as fools. This single Lone Ranger Christian is never, it was a lie. If you're a Christian in this building, you love the Lord, tell me one thing you did on your, in your own strength that was successful. I'll wait. I'll wait. You can't because your dependency is not in your own strength. It is in the promise of what the blood of Jesus gave you. So how can you say, I did this and I did that? You did not do this and you did not did that. That is Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. Now, am I saying that you don't have the education or the experience? No, God will use everything that he's given you to take you to whatever level he wants. But when you get the victory, remember it wasn't you. It was him in you. So we have to have this togetherness. And you want to be countercultural as a church? Here's an idea. Pastor Pat has these black and gold Nikes. What if all of us bought black and gold Nikes in our size and one day we all wore them in the courtyard and all the people came to the church and they seen our black and gold Nikes? Do you think they would say, I think that's a cult. <laughs> they love people. Look, they, got they don't have the green Nikes. Look, they got the black and gold Nikes. Whoa. What if it was just the spirit of togetherness? What if we just said, we want to show you outwardly that we're together inwardly. We love each other enough to be the same in him. <laughs> the world will say it's a cult every time. When they don't understand Christ, it's a cult. If you heal, God heals someone and you lay hands, that's not biblical. I'm not here to play those baby games. All I know is I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was once blind, but now I see. I'm not trying to play who's right, who's wrong. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is the Lord, my banner. Exodus chapter 17 Verses 11 and 12. Let's look at this real quick. Remember, we have to fight for, with the weapon of togetherness. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. But when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were heavy. His hands were heavy. I thought about that. Moses held the same staff when he... God parted the Red Sea. This time, it took a little longer for the victory to come because he was in a different season. So he's holding up the same standard, but holding it up makes his hands heavy. So they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it and Aaron and her supported his hands. One on one side, one on the other. So his hands were steady. His hands were steady until the sun went down. 
What is God showing us? That you were never created. You were never created to fight alone. Who told you that God created you to fight by yourself? Moses did not go up to the mountain by himself because he wasn't supposed to fight this battle by himself. I'm going to say that again. When you go up on the mountain and you have people with you, they are there to support you in the victory. You're not called to fight these enemies by yourself. That's why the victory came from the support of them. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4, since we're talking about togetherness. And all drank the same spiritual drink, not natural, amen. For they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, the rock which is Christ. That talked about togetherness. If you want kingdom success, you have to be together. You have to show togetherness. Now, here's something I want to demonstrate. Is, is Jake Belmonte here? Could you come up here to the stage with me? Is Mike Shecker here? Michael Shecker, could you come up here, please? And Billy, can you come up here, please? This was not planned. Give them a hand. You're like, Pastor Jeff, what you're doing? Obeying God. <laughs> I'm just going to obey God because I think this is a big object lesson. Jake, sit in that chair. You're Moses. Now, why did I bring Billy and Mike? Well, I know Mike has helped Jake in the past. He's been a father to him in the past. Billy... It's a father to everybody because if anyone can clean your church, you need to love on Billy. Amen. You need to give it up for Billy. Hang on. The picture is they put the rock and he sat on it. Jake is still holding up the standard of God. But what is helping him is Mike is on one side holding that and Billy is holding that. Look at the picture of the cross. This is a picture of a cross. This is how we win. You have to stop being in isolation. You have to be transparent enough to allow people to come alongside you so they can support the vision in your life. Now I'm going to prophesy to Jake. Jake. You've been a bridge builder since you were in the college here. You have built so many bridges for this man and this man to walk across. I know I've told you this before, but it's something that you need to realize. You are not just the sound guy. You are a bridge builder. You will make it easy for those to go one place to another. Do not be weary in well-doing. God is fighting your battle. God is bringing provision, and you're going to win the war, says the Spirit of God. Give it up for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Wasn't that good? Give it up for them. Thank you, guys. I think Jake's going to get me later on. 
I don't care. He can't beat me up. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't be on Twitter saying Pastor Jeff gonna fight Jake <laughs> at three o'clock. It's something I tell Pastor Pat. Pastor Pat says, I hate my cane. And I'm like, why do you hate God's provision? He does the same thing with me. And it makes us think. Sometimes the provision of God makes you uncomfortable. But you need to let it happen. Sometimes the provision that God brings through people will sharpen your sword. Do you know I've been sharpened as a pastor here because of you, because of the other leaders? I've never wanted to be a pastor. But God chose me here to be a pastor, and I'm a dang good one. Why? Because you allowed me to. The people of the movement allowed me to grow in that grace. What if I resisted it? Get away from me. I'm a prophet. I know what God is saying. What, I know what's going on. I'm resisting. I'm resisting. I'm resisting. You can't resist and expect God to show up. You're really a God rejecter. That's what he told the Pharisees. They were rejecting the son of God in their midst. He wasn't what they thought. Well, thank God they rejected him because he accepted me. Amen? I'm happy about it. Because I was lost. Amen. Isn't this a good word? This is a good word. <laughs> All right. I said this declaration before and I'm getting ready to end. What happens on the hilltop determines the victory in the valley. If you can't see unity on the hilltop, you're not going to follow. I won't even get into President Trump. I'm not going down that road. I don't know enough about it, but all I know is there are all kinds of stuff with him. and we, it, It's crazy. <laughs> he has all these charges and he wants to be president? Okay, God, I'm just going to seek you because this over here, I'm never going to understand that. What I can control is Jehovah Nisi. I thank you that you're the banner over the United States. I thank you that you're going to choose the right person, God, that you're going to lead us to vote the right way, God. We just thank you that you are the king over United States of America and not the president of the United States. We surrender to you, God. You will fight for us. You will fight for them. For every generation, he said, every generation. That's how you win the battle. This is how I fight my battles. Right? Isaiah 11, verse 12. Isaiah 11, verse 12. And he will lift up a standard for the nations and assemble the banished ones of Israel. And will gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. He is calling everyone to come in. Come. We're not perfect, but I will perfect you. Come. You may not feel safe, but I'll be your protector. Come. You might have addictions, but I have the victory. 
Come, you might feel lost. Good, walk into me and you will be found. What are we saying? You're being a Christian. A Christian is not a term just to say, I love Jesus. It's a broken life that is sanctified before a holy God that is willing enough to say, use me, Lord, however you want. You can be my banner of victory. I will fight when you say fight. So what's the conclusion? Are you willing to fight? Are you willing to fight? Then the Lord said to Moses, write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua that I will utterly wipe out the memory of Amalek under heaven. Listen to what he said. God swore many, many, many moons ago that Amalek from generation to generation will be defeated. Amalek is a type of the enemy. Jesus, his son, put his foot on devil's neck, snatched the keys for us, and gave us the authority. He's not going to come down from heaven and do it again. I know. I know. He wants to use you. Chantel Bryant has a brother named Thomas. Thomas sat here for almost a year, right in that corner, where Scott and Alicia are, right there. He walked in here so bound off meth and addictions, you would have never thought he would have been delivered. Not only did he walk in this place hungry for Jesus, he lived in a men's house down the street where other people (laughs) with the same issues lived. Thomas fought through everything that in his life, he recently graduated early here, over there. He has jobs waiting for, hang on, he has jobs waiting for him already, where God has given, given up for that, amen? A man of God paid his tuition to be there. And the same family is giving him a roof over his head to work in his business. But that's just the icing on the cake. The other day, Thomas went to a gathering of Jesus and he called his sister and said, Chantel, I don't know what was going on with me, but I laid my hands on people and all these things started happening. The authority of Jesus started coming out of me and I got seen healings. I seen deliverances. I seen God in my life. Guys, That happened in our family. Are you willing to fight? Because late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. But we need to be taught. So when the enemy comes at you at 12 p.m., you're not calling Pastor Haley. Hey, I hate to bother you. But the enemy is on my child. (laughs) If you call Pastor Jeff, I'm going to say, go to the room, open the door. Did he snarl at you? Yes, shut the door. (laughs) You're dealing with a demonic spirit. 
Walk in there with the name of Jesus and speak directly to it and tell it to go. I'll wait. I already know what's going to happen. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you, Rob, is the hope of glory. Catherine, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in us is the banner of victory. Stand to your feet. I'm so happy. Did Drea come, Haley? Uh, I have a word for Drea Lopez. Lulu, go ahead and play if you could. And I'm hoping she can hear me and I'm going to give it privately. If she was here, God is going to move in her life. But right now, I believe some people in here are weary. You're just a bit tired. And you heard this message about fighting and you're like, maybe it's you. I don't have it in me, Pastor Jeff. I don't. I don't. I don't know what the banner looks like anymore. I don't even know if he has any colors anymore. All I know is I'm standing the best I can and nothing seems to be happening. It's okay. Remember, Rephidim was a place of rest. This is a Rephidim. This is a place of rest. So my invitation is always the same. I believe that God Almighty has spoken to us. I believe he'll use anyone, including myself, to make the invitation. And the Lord Jesus is calling you forward if you're weary and you just need refreshing. So I'm going to have the prayer line. Can I get the prayer? Yes. And I'm going to invite all those who feel even an inch of weariness, I need you to come to the altar. We want to pray for you. Come on, Emilio, come. Don't sit in your seat. This is just a simple invitation. You don't have to go out the same. You just don't come to church to hear the word. We want the encounter. So come forward if you're feeling weary or you just want agreement in prayer. Let them be the banner over your life. Scott and Alicia, come. I call them because I know them. <laughs> I pastor them. I know they need it. If you're standing for your marriage, if, so, if you're standing for your marriage and you need refreshing, just step forward and come. If you need healing in your kidneys or your back, or someone in their left knee. I'm getting some pain in my left knee. I need you to come. God's going to touch it. God's going to heal you. Thank you, Jesus. You are mighty to save. You are worthy of all glory, Lord Jesus. God is moving in this place. The rest of you, if you could just lift your hands right now, hold them out like you're receiving something. I'm going to pray and release you. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We pray a blessing over our family. We pray for everyone with their hands lifted, seated in this building. We pray that you protect them, God. We pray a hedge of protection around them. 
that you will surround them with your love. You will surround them with your shield. You will surround them, God, and you will fight for them and fight through them. I bless every one of them in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. And we give you glory and honor that you're taking them from glory to glory and from faith to faith. And we release them in grace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I thank you for your time. There's a couple right there. Yes, sir, you. And is that your wife? Yes. Can I pray for you? Yes. Could you come to the front? I release the rest of you in the name of Jesus. We bless you. We'll see you next week.